Oh, I, I appreciate those kind words, Megan. <clears throat> anyway, excuse me for this uh, this voice, but it's this been going on for a couple of years. So I guess if I rattle a little, uh, you'll forgive me. I'm Charlene Leslie, recovered from the effects of alcoholism. But there are other ravages of time that I'm I'm working on. So, <laughs> um, I guess we're here to hear my my story, and it's mostly my AA story. But um, I, I guess I I started out started out in the beginning with uh, some uh, some confusion in the family. I. Um, uh, my mother went through, I guess, about 19 hours of, uh, of um, contractions and all that stuff when uh, when I was born. And anyway, um, later on, we found out she had named me Lola Charlene, and her name is Lola. My my father's name is Charles, and uh, the last name was Jimerson. And uh, and she named me Lola Charlene, and um, and uh, my birth certificate came out several months later with the with the name of Charlene Lola, and she just decided to leave it. And I was always happy about that because I preferred not having her first her name as well, but. Um, also, the date of my birth got mixed up. Uh, that's a strange story, you know. I I was um, I was born on a Monday morning, and that's um, what I was always told. And I kept figuring out when I got about eight years old that it had to be on a Tuesday. And my mother and I disagreed about it for um, till I was nineteen when I went to work for a place that that showed that January. Uh, January 3rd or January 2nd, 1930, or 1930, January 3rd, 1939 was actually uh, a Tuesday. And so, and she realized and told me the story that, oh, well, that's why uh, your daddy didn't have to pay but four days in the hospital instead of five. <laughs> so anyway, we, we got started out with some, uh, some crazy things there. and. Uh, Anyway, uh, we got that one straightened out. And um, at three years old, my my brother, I, I was the youngest. My brother and sister were studying, were taking music lessons, and I wanted to take music lessons. And there was a piano in the house, and I begged, and finally, mother let me uh, do it. I was not quite four when I started the violin, uh, with a, a little tiny violin and all that. And that comes in later because the, I eventually got serious with it later, but um, uh, that was a big part of my life. The, uh, uh, the the violin playing. I I I quit the piano at about ten, and and then um, and and then in my thirties, I or forties, I guess it was. I took another year, but uh, at any rate, um, with respect to God, and I know this this is a. Uh, uh, you know, non-secular. Well, anyway, we don't we don't we don't like to talk about God, but that's how I grew up. Was with uh, with uh, my mother was uh, was a believer in in uh, Jesus, and but my father was not. So 
I was raised in a Pentecostal church and um, uh, went on a regular basis. And when I was about five or six, uh, well, it was a Pentecostal, so there was a lot of noise and so on. And I remember one time that, um, and this is important to how I feel now, that um, there was an altar call and and I went down and and what I remember is is being laying under the altar and saying and telling God how beautiful he was and how the mountains were so beautiful that he created and all that. And those are the things that were going through my mind. But uh, all these wonderful things that I could see about God and the creator is the way I saw God. And uh, but a different language is coming out of my mouth. What I was thinking and what was coming out of my mind were different. But at the same time, I felt this love surround me. Um, it was it, it really pressed out of me. I, I could barely move, but it was it was such a blissful feeling and such love that um, oh, it was it was amazing. And uh, so I uh, I was probably there. I, I heard a lady. I'll come by and tell my mother, just let, let her be, let her enjoy it. And um, I was probably there 40, 45 minutes before I could move and, and, and before I got up. But, oh, it was what a blissful time and what love I felt. I've never felt it like that since. And um, so as I grew older and I and I heard all this tough stuff in church about about uh, about eternal conscious torment is what I call it now, but about going to hell afterward, I just couldn't believe it because because what I felt was love, not not all this awful things that they were saying, you know, that they trying to scare you. Anyway, um, anyway, I uh, I was baptized probably around that time uh, in water. I don't know whether it was before or afterward, but, um, but I stayed in, uh, I stayed in, in, uh, in the church until, until I got out of college and got married the first time. But um, anyway, I, uh, about the alcoholism, I had an uncle who I was told was alcoholic, but he wasn't a, he wasn't allowed to come around the house when he was drinking. So I never saw him in action, <laughs> but I just knew that being an alcoholic was a terrible thing. My father, uh, my father had beers on Friday nights when he got, uh, when he got uh, paid and uh, every Friday night and, and he'd just usually have one or two and, and uh, then come home and have dinner with us. But um, it was one, I, I saw him drunk once and that was one Friday night, he didn't get home. And my aunt and uh, and her children uh, who were my age and younger uh, we, we were all there and we had dinner and we couldn't figure out why he was so late. And, and so finally mother went outside and looked and the car was in the driveway and so she went out to the barn and he was in the barn and uh, he'd gotten drunk and he went out to the barn to sleep, sleep it off, I guess, so we wouldn't see him. And they came in. I got so scared seeing seeing him. Uh, we all went, all of us kids went under the kitchen table because, I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. But uh, 
But anyway, that that only happened once. My my mother, I only saw drank twice, a drink twice, and uh, so, uh, and that was not when I was young. That was after after I was an adult and had started drinking myself. But my brother was seven years older. In high school, he uh, when I was in high school, uh, uh, he uh, he was uh, playing music. Uh, with uh, Buck Owens and, and Merle Haggard for a while. And um, then he went overseas and he came back. And I went to, um, I, and I got scholarships to go to UC Berkeley and, and went off and went off to school. And, you know, but I'd, I'd seen my brother drink some, you know, I knew he was drinking there at the, uh, when he was, he was playing uh, playing drums, I guess, though he was a fiddle player too. But uh, at any rate, it was just well, you know, I hadn't I had only been allowed to date for about a year and a half before I started uh, started Berkeley, and so there I get up there, and I didn't expect to have a have a date in college and for a long time because I mean it just it hadn't happened much when I was uh when I was in high school so I was shocked to get invited to a, a sorority party the first uh the first weekend I was there and that was at, you know during that uh week where they kind of orient you to what classes are and so I went to a Sigma Pi party and and that was when I had my first my first drink, and uh, I got asked what to what do you want, and I said, well, I'll have a Manhattan. I, it's the only thing I, I I'd heard of it in the movies. I had no idea what to ask, and he was so uh, he was so impressed later because I wasn't just one of those, you know, girls that could only have uh, fuzzy stuff, you know, and and pink drinks. You know, I went for that. It was, it tasted awful. It was just awful. <laughs> well, I wouldn't let him know it, of course. But uh, that was the beginning of my drinking career was with the Manhattan. And by the time the spring came around, I had gone to work at the, at the school newspaper uh, selling ads. And in the, at the end of the spring semester, I got a... Um, uh, I got a uh, went to a a party for the newspaper, and uh, we'd had some before. But um, I had uh, during at one of our other parties, I had gotten so drunk that I had thrown up at the party and so on. So they, I was awarded the drinking award, and um, but most of the time, those first ten years or so, um, drinking was fun. You know, I mean, it's what I did for a social life. You know, I I had three years of uh, three years of marriage that uh, I met uh, I met Richard uh, when I was going to Berkeley, and so I I left school there, and um, that didn't work out. But uh, when I but the way I had um, I had started going going out with him he was taking me to these fine dining places and we were having drinks and 
And uh, that was our social life was going with dinner and drinks and whatever. And so after we married, it was still dinner and drinks. And um, um, so that part was still fun. But uh, after after we separated, um, it got, uh, I moved to Las Vegas and uh, to be with my sister and her family. They, li they lived here at the time. And, and um, so anyway, drinking in Las Vegas was fun. <laughs> I had some really funny incidents that it finally occurred. I don't know if, um, what is it? I, I, my second marriage, well, it wasn't really a marriage. My, my second wedding ceremony uh, was in Las Vegas, and, and I'd gone out drinking on Friday night because my boyfriend that had been on a trip with a, uh, to see another lady, and, and I, he'd come back, and I, wasn't, I was mad at him. And, and anyway, I went out drinking and, and all by myself and uh, wound up at this uh, place called the Rendezvous. It's, it sits where one of the big hotels is now. But uh, at any rate, uh, as I was leaving around one or two in the morning, these guys were coming in and, and uh, the one introduced himself to me and said, you know, said what his name was, Jimmy Smith, right? You'll never forget this night. And to my chagrin, I don't, don't forget it. We wound up going and go out and talking and so on. And I wound up marrying him that afternoon. It was leap year, you know, marrying him that afternoon. And then I called, and this is all because of booze, you know. <laughs> I mean, and I was out of a job at the time. So I think I was just trying trying to find somebody to, to uh, uh, depend on, but that sure didn't happen. So, so at any rate, he... Uh, uh, he left uh, th that first evening. Uh, that was a Saturday night. We got married, and um, and on Sunday night he went to get his things. On Monday morning he showed up and then informed me that uh, that he 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 couldn't get his other things. That he had slept in the chair all night. He was actually living with another lady. <laughs> anyway, I had him take me downtown, <laughs> take me downtown to to uh, to see a lawyer and. And I, uh, I I wound up going to see a lawyer and wound up uh, getting an annulment over that one. But you know, oh, what booze will do for you? It could have been worse. <laughs> another time, I uh, another time out drinking. I uh, I had a friend that was supposed to come down at, at it's a place on Fifteenth Street. It used to be uh, in Las Vegas. It used to be called Charlie's Bar. And uh, now I think it's a comedy club, but uh, at any rate, uh, I was drinking there and my friend was supposed to pick me up and take me and we were going to go out to the lake and, and, uh, and he saw my condition and decided that, that uh, perhaps I shouldn't go and I decided I shouldn't go. And so, so uh, at any rate, uh, he left. And uh, I went back to the restroom and it was kind of outside a little bit, you know, where you, the door into it was now. And I had on a I had on a fancy green net suit and and high heels and a girdle and, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, 
as I was getting up from the commode, I'm pulling up my girdle and my thumbs got caught on the top of it and and uh, got stuck there. <laughs> and so I had to turn to try to keep from falling forward. I was it was a long ways forward. So I threw myself this way and I hit my head and and um, anyway, I wound up uh, finally getting untangled from all this stuff and going back in. I could see I was getting black eyes and so on, and the guys were trying to trying to ask me. They they figured that this fellow had beat me up, and no, no, it was just me. But anyway, um, I had I had black eyes for two weeks. Out of the time leaving Charlie's bar, I I wound up uh, wound up uh, totaling a, a car that was on a side street and and uh, messed mine up too. But mine was not to totally that I totaled that one. And the policeman, I told the policeman a story that wasn't true. He didn't believe me, but at least he gave me a ticket for dr reckless driving instead of taking me to jail. So. I was lucky that all those years I didn't I didn't get thrown into the uh, thrown into jail. But uh, at any rate, uh, there were a lot of things that all kinds of stuff that uh, normal stuff. One time, what is it? I went out to the lake drinking and was on the boat with these guys, and and they we were we were. We were in the uh, marina, and they decided that they wanted to go out. It was dark, and one of the guys wanted to go out and take it out onto the lake. And I did not want to be out on the lake with these guys I didn't know. And so I um, I threatened that I was going to jump overboard if they started up, but they did, and I jumped overboard. And uh, there was all kinds of consternation with that business. But uh, anyway, they got me out of the water and and the, the engine didn't get me. And anyway, just so many times that I could have killed myself or gotten myself killed or all that stuff. And, and it finally, by this time, it wasn't fun anymore, somehow or another. <laughs> you know, they degradation that comes and all that and I I I um uh, I I was in my early 30s when I decided I I couldn't do this anymore and so I um uh, I started uh you know controlling it so I and I was going to school working a full-time job and going to school uh part-time getting my undergraduate degree and so at any rate I got out and and uh, about five years, I guess, I went where I maybe had only one one um, where I had only one drink a uh, uh, every two or three months, and and then a you know a couple of times maybe maybe two in an evening. But I discovered it was really hard not to have the second drink, and it was ar even harder when I had the second drink to not have the third one. But I went through that and then I wound up getting through undergraduate school and starting law school. And, and that was another miracle that I even got into law school, but I was doing the controlled drinking while I was in law school as well. And uh, at any rate, uh, finally got through law school, got a job, 
then I got invited to um, uh, to a seminar uh, with a group that I'd been uh, president in when I'd been before I went off to school and and uh, anyway I went off got to catch my brain again here anyway going off to uh, uh, I went to Florida and um, and what uh, was June of 1980 um, that I went to this seminar and a lot of people there I knew, but I was single at the time and I met a man on Sunday night. And that first Sunday night, I had one drink with him. And then the next night, after we get through all our daily stuff, I had uh, had dinner. We were all with the group, but I had dinner with him uh, and and with the group. I had two drinks. The third third night, I had three drinks, and the fourth night, uh, we had dinner at a place that in a restaurant that used to used to be a uh, uh, a convent. Of all things. And so where our dining table was, there were around 15 of us at the dining table was 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 on the altar. I mean, not the altar, but the raised area um, where where the the pastors and the choir and all that stuff, you know, so they're up a little higher. And I thought that was rather funny considering what was going on. But anyway, I had at least four that night. And I remember my last one I had was a was the King Alphonse. And I realized later that everything in it I was allergic to. The uh, the cream, the alcohol, the Kahlua has uh, has caffeine. I, I can't do caffeine. I didn't know that at the time. And uh, at any rate, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how many I had. I just know it was at least four. And and I know that that was the last one. And so we get back and actually the seminar was that it was a different seminar in Florida. This was Atlanta, Georgia, where <laughs> where uh, where this happened, because the hotel that the seminar was in um, was in the Hilton and across the street was a small was a smaller uh, hotel uh, that uh, only charged about half as much because I was paying paying my own way on this one. So, uh, at any rate, this gentleman walked me uh, walked me across the street and walked me up, and and there we are, there we are with the uh, uh, he has the, it's after eleven at night, and and the guy at the at the at the uh, desk. Well, he put the buzzer on so I could open it up and I'm standing there, you know, holding the door and uh, wanting to seduce this guy and invite him in. But I didn't want to either, you know, I, <laughs> but I'd had enough to drink that I was in all kinds of confusion. And um, anyway, and this guy hollers, shut the door, shut the door, lady, you're screwing up my TV. And so, you know, I, I said a quick good night, went in and then cried and carried on. And the next night we had, we, we didn't have dinner together because they had something, something else going on. 
um, we already arranged for who we were going to have dinner with on that Thursday night. And Friday, Friday morning, I woke up. My airplane ticket was to fly home on Friday night. And uh, um, anyway, Friday morning, I'm on the phone trying to call this other man that was there from Las Vegas and trying to switch tickets with him so I could go back Saturday and I could and I could get myself into trouble with this gentleman. <laughs> Friday night. And all the time I'm on the phone, I'm saying, Dear Lord, please don't let me get hold of Charlie. Please don't let me get hold of Charlie. Please don't let me. I must have called a half a dozen times and never got hold of Charlie. So so um I was saved <laughs> by fate. I got on I got on the airplane that night and um cried most of the way from Atlanta home to Las Vegas, but I had a diary and that's when I decided it was June 20th, 1980, that I wasn't, I I knew I couldn't, I couldn't have just one. I didn't know where it was going to take me. And it was taking me places I no longer wanted to go. And um, so anyway, so I got home and then a friend took me to, to this lady that lived close to me. Uh, um, her name is Rose, and uh, took me to her house for a Bible study. And um, uh, after she picked me up, and so after that, um, I uh, Rose then about three months later invited me to a place on a Saturday night. Invited me to a place where they where they don't drink but they have fun. Well, that sounds like great. I mean, we're both single, so. So um, she pick, she picks me up, and when we get to this place in the back, there's a swimming pool over here, and the back of the house is here, and then we get in the parking lot, and she says, oh, by the way, this is an AA meeting. And I, of course, you know, I'd only thought about AA uh, uh, once before, and I, you know, in, in my drinking days, but uh, I, I had never... Actually, I'd never gone to an AA meeting. So anyway, so I said, well, okay, you know, whatever. So we went inside and and I heard these people talking and and uh, then I surprised Rose. Somebody called on me and I said, hi, I'm Charlie. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> and she almost fell off her chair because she didn't know that I had that I was had been drinking all those years before and I didn't know that that she had been having uh, alcohol problems <laughs> so it was quite a revelation to both of us but anyway uh, I heard these stories that made me realize that I fit in here you know I mean I didn't have I, I didn't wind up in jail but I probably I could have several times I didn't wind up. Uh, I didn't wind up uh, misshapen or or in an accident, which I could have, you know. And so, uh, at any rate, I, I listened to all that, and and I knew I was. Uh, I knew I was with people that would understand me. And and uh, one of the things I I learned uh, over time in in coming to AA was. Um, some people didn't talk about their feelings, but others do. And I listened to people talk about their feelings. And and I had never had 
anybody that that I could talk to about my feelings before. And there I was in my in my early 40s. So at any rate, it was uh it was pretty interesting. Um I, re I remember I remember somebody talking about about how they got angry and she said, you know how you get when they get that feeling in the pit of your stomach and just rises, you know, and I was just so angry. And, and my thought was, oh my God, is that what that is? I mean, I didn't know that was anger. I'd, I'd seen my mother throw things and throw things on the floor and break them and so on. And I thought that was anger. I find out now that was rage. <laughs> And what I bet I was feeling anger. So there's just so much I've learned here. Um, there's things like, um, oh, just dis discovering, uh, discovering that I have a change of thinking, you know, listening to everybody's stories. I could hear people talk about, about when they discovered one of their, uh, one of their character defects. And um, all of a sudden, I would realize that by hearing this story, that something like that happened to me, and that there was something deep inside me that needed cleaning out, because that I had stuffed it. And so in listening to these stories, I, your stories, I've been able to, to be able to uh, recognize uh, things in myself that need to be cleaned out, because they um they fester i mean for me at least they fester i i can't speak for anybody else but they but they go um and just just sit and make make me sick and i don't know what's going on it's like you know i um so listening to listening to all that i um able to at least bring those things up and out and uh and face them and let them go and uh so i guess a, a lot of my 12-step work has been on an informal basis because i with with people that i've been close to and listening to to um uh through the stories and so on it's it's helped me through the process of, of the clean out and um Anyway, I had, um, what is it? Yeah, that was been almost 43 years since, uh, since that King Alphonse. <laughs> and uh, a lot has happened in my life since then. I, you know, another marriage, that one passed away. Some of the, one of the great things that's happened in AA for me is I met this man, <laughs> and uh, and it's you know it was one of those things that uh, because of our our difference our backgrounds I didn't think anything was going to come of it but uh, but we met uh, it was one of those I think I take it as a divine appointment. Uh, my niece, uh, my niece whose name is Naomi invited me to a uh, uh called me up i was just coming back from a, a thanksgiving with my uh, uh with my family in bakersfield 
And I'd just gotten home and I got a call from Naomi and I can't remember. I think it was the first uh, Monday night after after Thanksgiving. It could have been a week later. Maybe, maybe she'll tell me sometime. But uh, at any rate, she calls and invites me to a to an AA meeting uh, the next uh, the next day at 12:30. And I said, sure, you know, and this this uh, attorney I knew uh was taking her I didn't know that at the time but uh at any rate uh, so the next day I get to I get to the clubhouse or to the club where the meeting is and I go in the place where I always go and but I was five minutes late and there was no Naomi <laughs> so I sat through the meeting and at the end of the meeting this really cute little guy comes up and grabs my hand um, grabs my hand and the we were saying the uh saying the statement that, that we always say at the end of it and uh then he asked me out to uh out to lunch afterward and i'm thinking well you know i she's not here so what can i you know why not so I um I go to my car and and uh and leave a note and I think that's where it was. And anyway, I went with him and his convertible to a place nearby and we had lunch and and afterward then I called uh I called my niece and and uh there we are. She says, Well, where were you at, Charlie? And I said, what do you mean where I, I was there and you weren't there? And it turns out there are two different meetings, two different buildings and different meeting rooms. I never knew about the other meeting. So anyway, I'm so uh, I'm so grateful for that divine appointment. And afterward, afterward, we uh, we went out again. He wasn't so sure because I was going to church all the time. Um, different kind of messianic. but. Uh, but anyway, and our politics and religion just didn't match. But there I was that first day trying to talk him into uh, trying to talk him into uh, uh, that there really weren't that big, that big of differences. And and I still don't think they're that big of differences. And now there's not. So <laughs> I see his way and he hasn't moved much. But I, I've always <laughs> I always prayed, you know, that that uh, for my higher power that he and I be closer and closer or uh, you know so that we can have that uh, that intimacy that that you have from from knowing and believing the same things and so on and uh, anyway I I committed myself to being open-minded and uh and in our secular group here, the one the uh, reading that we do, I um, I just love it because I'm not committing myself to to proselytize you or to try to make you believe the way I do, and I'm and I don't want you to have to believe the way I do because I'm uh, um, I'm happy the way I am, and I, I'm learning, I've learned to accept you the way you are, and and I want you to accept me the way I am, and and uh, 
anyway, that's, I'm kind of running out here and I think, I think I've kind of quit. <laughs> anyway, 12 years, we, we celebrated our 12th anniversary yesterday. So <laughs> anyway, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much, Megan, for inviting me.